Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, presented by DraftKings. A quick quiz to start the show. What day is today? We've entered the sports betting and family matrix where I don't even know which way is up, which way is down. We've got games kicking off in college football, nine o'clock my time, noon, you on the east. We've got games on right now. We've got the Cleveland Browns looking to clinch a playoff spot tonight, Thursday night football. Remember the last of the year, Flacco v. Simeon. We've got seven right now, a little steam right now on the Jets. Speaking of steam, if you chased it this morning on SMU, they got bet all the way up the 13 and a half outright loser, 23-14 to BC. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, downtown Las Vegas. I'm Patrick Maher. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. As we round the corner into 2024, take a look right now. The vaunted pinstripe bowl. Rutgers over Miami, 7-0 as Rutgers close a two-and-a-half-point favorite there. Let's welcome in the boys. I am back from the land. I guess you could call it the Bermuda Triangle of sports right now, and that is the great state of Michigan and the great city of Detroit. Polarizing, polar opposites, boys. On one side, you had the Pistons two nights ago setting a dubious record, losers of 27 straight. On the other side, you've got the Detroit Lions. Oh, excuse me, the Kings of the North. They hadn't won a division in 30 years, and the city is absolutely freaking out. And then coming up, of course, on New Year's Day, you've got Michigan football taking on Alabama, which we're going to delve into. And a lot of that conversation kind of centers around Jim Harbaugh and will he or won't he leave for the NFL as we say hi. Amal Shaw, great job holding down the fort when me and the big guy were gone. How are we feeling today? Feeling good, thank you. And how was your time off? It was it was eventful. I, I would say it's probably good as a 45-year-old man not to go back to Michigan and hang out with your high school buddies and do whatever the hell we did. So it feels nice to be back and kind of have some normalcy. But like I mentioned, boys, it, Michigan, and we can get into the Detroit Lions, they've got a big game against Goulet's Dallas Cowboys coming up this weekend. What I noticed, Dustin Sweetelson, and welcome back. He was back yesterday. What I noticed talking to... Uh, a lot of my friends, and again, 30 years, they hadn't won a division, the Detroit Lions. They don't know how to handle the success. They're terrified of the Rams, if that ends up being the opponent. They're terrified of the Rams coming with Matthew Stafford to Ford Field. So there's absolute terror there. But then again, they don't know if they want to win the one seed because then it's a tougher schedule. So again, Detroit Lions fans, while they're thrilled with Dan Campbell and the organization, they're free out right now because frankly we just don't know how to handle success well I, I'm hoping they're at least more optimistic than you've been uh, hopefully they've rubbed off on oh, you so. some hopefully they brought some of that 
that pride for your hometown and the team you grew up watching and what they're what they're achieving this year being such a dominant team they're sitting on 11 wins with two two games to go and you're out here just trashing the head coach being pessimistic about every game totally wanting to fade the lions every single which way but no, I'm hoping you came back from vacation to Changed Man. I hope you got a little perspective. I hope you looked inward and said, you know what? It's a beautiful thing that's happening to your Lions, and you need to be more respectful of what's happening. Well, you don't think it's funny, Amal, that it's been 30 years. There's four teams in the division. It's been th <laughs> Now, I understand back in the day with the Central, but it's been 30 years. It is so funny driving around. I was driving around in Michigan listening to the local. I was listening to VEASAN, but I switched over to the local uh, call-in talk radio, sports talk radio. And when I tell you people were tripping out, they're tripping out about the Cowboys laying five and a half coming up this Saturday, a good game. Dak Prescott may be getting an extension. We can get into that 53 and a half on the total. It was just like, they're so excited. This jubilation everywhere, but they don't know how to handle the success as Detroit beats Minnesota at Minnesota. I'm sure you guys watched the game. They were looking to give that game away. Uh, but of course, four picks will help you if you're the Detroit Lions from the opposite quarterback. No question about it. And you mentioned Minnesota could not have played a worse game from an offensive standpoint in terms of protecting the football. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll take it a step further. You mentioned Lions have an opportunity to be able to get the one seed. We have a three-way tie right now in the NFC between the Eagles, the uh, 49ers, and the Lions. But more importantly, and I floated this theory out a couple of days ago, if I were the Dallas Cowboys, I would not play anybody against the Lions. And you say, well, why? They could still win the division. Do you really believe the Eagles are going to lose twice in their final two games against the Cardinals and the Giants? No. Probably not happening. So if I'm Dallas, I'm looking at it and say, look, we could potentially be facing off against a pretty good team that's physical. What are we doing? Let's use this as a buy. We're not going to have the opportunity to get a buy. We're going to wind up as the five seed. We're going to Tampa. That's the dream matchup if you're the five seed. I mean, you get to play the Buccaneers. We saw what happened a couple of years ago down in Tampa when the Cowboys went in there. So I, if I'm Dallas, I'm taking a very conservative approach. I know Mike McCarthy and them won't do it, but I would concede and say, go ahead, Detroit. You can have this one. But you just said something perfectly apt, and this is what sports better specifically as we get to this time of the year. You have to start delving into the philosophy. What Amal yeah. just said in these potential matchups in the postseason, those are front office conversations being had, and rosters will be constructed moving forward to fit that narrative. You know, the obvious is you just expect everybody to play to win every single game, but that's not necessarily always how it goes down. So I think it's great that you brought it up, and that's the reason I brought up the Lions fans tripping out about what to do over the next three, and that's where we sit right now. Or is it two at this point as I lose focus? Dustin Sweetelson, just for the first segment, then we'll get to Thursday Night Football Jets at the Browns coming up tonight. I, I kind of said that everything's upside down, so why don't we just play a little ping pong with the three of us, and what else happened over the past, I don't know, five or six days? One, the silly Brock Purdy conversation. I was watching that game. I thought about you, big guy because you hedged a lot on the MVP market. Amal, that was a horrific performance by Purdy, who was a $2 favorite, and then he fell completely out of the mix. You know, the reality of it is, if we're being completely fair, there's not been a distinct MVP this year. I would probably make the argument for Christian McCaffrey and the impact that he has when he's in the lineup for the 49ers and when he's out of the lineup. But other than that, nobody has really stood out. Lamar's not even close to his performance in 2019, nope. but his team has played great football. And Brock Purdy on the biggest stage, on the most watched NFL, excuse me, Monday night game since 1996, has arguably the worst possible performance you could have if you're a San Francisco 49er or Brock Purdy backer on a MVP ticket. You put a team that was in a situation where they would have been able to potentially wrap up almost the one seed. Now you're fighting for your life against the Rams team that's going to be playing for playoff positioning as well. So a lot of things have transpired. Give the Ravens a ton of credit for the way they performed. And we've got a huge showdown game on Sunday between them and the Dolphins, which will probably determine the home field advantage. Ravens win. It's wrapped up. If the Dolphins win and then they can beat Buffalo with the victory, though, they will get the AFC East. But so it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. And by the way, Patrick, two things really jumped out to me this week. How about the fact that the Cleveland Browns on a fourth string quarterback are better in the standings than the Kansas City Chiefs at this point in time? Think about that for a second, guys. And the fact that Russell Wilson has half as many interceptions as Patrick Mahomes and he's going to the bench.
Well, and Amal just nailed it, Dustin Sweetelson, as we get caught up here heading into 2024 on Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings Stefanski. So he could potentially lock up, Amal said, of four different quarterbacks, he could lock up a playoff spot tonight. And he has leapfrogged Dan Campbell over at DraftKings, Coach of the Year market. Stefanski's now plus 130. He's the shortest on the board. Campbell plus 170. McDaniel, seven and a half to one. I'd, uh, I'd pat myself on the back, but based on the eating that's gone on in the last five or six days, you want an update Oof. I might fall forward because the balance is off and on my body right now but I did give out on the show on December 13th Stefanski 14 to 1 coach of the year he is now the favorite rightfully so over Dan Campbell no, they're missing multiple offensive linemen they missed their all pro running back the you guys mentioned the quarterbacks and yet this team is sitting in a great position for the postseason and I think they're going to steamroll the Jets today yep we shall discuss, you know, another thing, Amal, just from a gambling perspective, I was having this conversation with my boys at the bar as the Pistons were getting beat by Brooklyn to lose their seventh straight. We were talking about middling opportunities with the college game. Now, there are so much, there's so much variance in the number from where we're opening to where we're ended up closing because the market itself is reacting to who's in, who's out, who's motivated, who's not. I have found with the variance and the wild swings with the pricing in these college bowl games, there is some, there have been set up pretty good opportunities for some middling chances. Oh, you're absolutely right about it. Last night, perfect example, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was about a three and a half, maybe four point favorite around kickoff. At halftime, you could have gotten Texas A&M plus four and a half, made the game total for A&M plus 22 and a half. So some tremendous opportunities throughout the bowl season. You saw USC yesterday. You could have gotten them plus nine and a half after Louisville yep. jumped them early on. And then you could have taken Louisville at a plus over 16 and a half when the Trojans were driving, had the interception. So there's great opportunities. You're absolutely right. And think about that on the SC Louisville game. You could have theoretically wound up with a 25 and a half point spread in that matchup. And now, granted, the game ended at 14, you could have gotten both numbers, you could have cashed it, but you bring up an excellent point. I think that's one thing that if you're not doing as a better, you need to start looking at. There's so many great opportunities. Now, there's going to be times you've got a great play. It's dominant and it's dominating and you're like, well, I don't want to blow it because I've already got that one wrapped up. That's fair. But how many times, guys, have we seen a game where you're like, yeah, start paying attention to another game or start doing something else. Next thing you know, you're like, holy cow, why am I sweating this game out? Yep. No, well put. And big guy, your Miami Hurricane right now, 14-0. They're down to Rutgers. I don't know how your dad's doing as a grad from Miami, but that's a game we're going to monitor here on Sharp Money as well. And we've got a game kicking off with 15 minutes left in the show. NC State, steamy right now, Kansas State. Uh, I am on the Hurricanes, and a lesson to everyone. Uh, the reason why you don't flip the radio dial from us during the games to the broadcast is it's torturous when you have a bet on the game and you hear, heaves it downfield, he's open, George! Dropped it. Would have been a touchdown. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Makes me feel real good about the bet. Can't do it. Ooh, somebody, somebody's spicy. All right, so Jets-Browns. Sunday, 6.5, all the way up to 7.5 today. We're seeing... Some sevens show up in the market. We'll come back and discuss Thursday Night Football next. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back. It's a Thursday. Yeah, the, get the day straight here. We get our buddy Josh Applebaum, VSIN betting analyst, VSIN host, market insights, and morning bets. The two podcasts over at VSIN.com at Josh underscore insights as we welcome you back. Of course, I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We say hi to Josh. Josh, just quickly before, and hi, happy holidays. Before we get to uh, Thursday night football with the Browns hosting the Jets. We'll quickly update the second half number. Josh, I'm showing Rutgers laying a half a point and 21 on the total. Is that where you're at? Exactly right, Patrick. Patrick and Wall Dustin, great to be with you. Happy holidays. You're totally right, Patrick. Second half line here, minus a half point for Rutgers, total of 21. And I think this is, you know, a microcosm of really kind of the way to attack some of these games when you look at the pre-flop numbers. Just looking at these huge dog to fave line moves. This is the importance of looking at late movement, not getting locked into these bowl games too early, because if you saw some of these numbers here, I mean, I think, what was it? Rutgers closing minus two and a half. At one point they were getting a few points here. So you saw that dog to fave line movement. You saw it again last night with Texas A&M and Oklahoma state. Remember that was an early number of A&M minus four. It ended up flipping completely closing at Oklahoma state minus four. So leaning toward that late movement, you know, trying to get on the right side of the opt-outs and the transfers and the coaching changes. Uh, and right now um, I didn't play it, but definitely rooting for anyone Rutgers. To me, that was kind of the late chart movement in favor of uh, the Scarlet Knights. Amal, Dustin, anything second half wise? I, I would look at Miami here plus a half. I thought Miami would be a favorite. You've got a chance Rutgers ends up winning this game by four points or if it's less than that, obviously, but it didn't feel like after that opening drive, Rutgers was as dominant. Miami's kind of started to find themselves a little bit here. So I would look at the Hurricanes. You're getting better than the original number. You're getting plus four and a half at this point in time with the Hurricanes. It would, honestly, guys, I would not be surprised at all if we wind up with a 21-17 type of finish or something like that where you just basically wind up with a four-point result in favor of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, I am sitting on Miami plus two and a half pregame. I am strongly considering just taking Rutgers minus 230 money line to negate that bet. And if somehow it falls on one or two, I win. Uh, I kind of want to get off of it because I just don't trust Miami here. Fair enough. Josh, we go and turn our attention to Thursday night football. So again, five and a half on the opener. If you're laying it with the Browns, you're not going to get the best of it. I see DraftKings all the way up to seven and a half with Flacco and the Browns laying it. Here comes Simeon, a little offensive explosion against a commander's team that's quit by the Jets. So probably with these two defenses, expect it to be tighter. And you see a total of 34. Yeah, Patrick, you set it up perfectly. So I think there's a couple different ways to attack this game. Let's just go from opener to current and what we're seeing late. Now, the early move was all toward the Cleveland Browns. You mentioned it, Patrick. Browns opened as low as minus five and a half. We got steamed all the way to Browns minus seven and a half. Now, currently you're getting 63% of bets, nearly 70% of the money on the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns, the one advantage they would have would be Thursday night home favorites. Kind of this situational angle of a short week. It's hard to travel if you're the road team. If you're at home, it's a big advantage on a short week. Those Thursday night football home favorites are 91 and 75 against the spread, 55% since 2006. However, if you're laying the seven and a half now, you're getting the worst of it and you're with the public if you're playing Cleveland. So what I'm looking at now, Patrick, is is this an opportunity to jump on the Jets, believe it or not, plus seven and a half right now? One thing we're seeing is that a lot of these seven and a halves, they're not looking like they're going to go up to eight. They look like they might be trending down to seven. You look at a lot and we're showing the board right now as this line is steaming as we're speaking. Those seven and a halves are juiced up plus seven and a half, minus 115, minus 120 to the Jets. A lot of books are now falling down to seven. So on the thought process of, hey, if you like the Jets, you want to go contrarian, you're only getting 37% back. 
Okay, we'll pull down Josh just quickly there and get him reconnected. Josh Applebaum talking about the Jets, Browns, as we got you back. I see Josh. Josh We're going to reestablish. We're going to reestablish. Yeah, we'll make sure. We'll make sure. Hey, by the way, boys, as and we'll have Josh's play coming back. I just saw this. DraftKings Sportsbook just tweeted this out. Guess who the most heavily bet, or excuse me, the most bet NBA money line by handle is tonight? The Detroit Pistons. No, stop. DraftKings Sportsbook, official tweet. What are people doing? <laughs> they can't quit. They like, can't quit I them. still have a bad taste before we went on vacation last Thursday. The spot they were in where they became favorites. I don't oh, remember I don't who they were playing. It. it was the lock of the year. And you taught Jazz. The Jazz you taught Jazz to play anybody. They were down like six guys. and they get, Detroit didn't have a shot. Or their top seven scores. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, I would just say this, and I, I, it's become an obsession, this little streak that they're on. I say free free Cade Cunningham. We'll bring in Josh here. We were just having some fun with it. My Pistons and your Boston Celtics tonight, Josh. <laughs> the Celtics are laying 17 and a half. DraftKings just tweeted out, most bet money line. They expect the Pistons to, after breaking the record, 27 straight losses, to beat the Celtics because DraftKings just said everybody's betting the money line on the Pistons tonight. They can't quit them. Yeah, I think that's a little bit, you know, I don't know if I'm going to call it, uh, it's it's legit. So it definitely is the big majority of bets are on money line on Pistons. But to me, Patrick, it's all about the value of the number. I mean, look at that money line price. Just because the Celtics are minus 1,600, there's really no value at all to go money line Celtics. So to me, it's just the fact that the Celtics price is so high, you really can't bet it. Therefore, are there $5 bets just going Pistons plus 900? You know, obviously there's value there based upon the number. Do you expect them to win the game? Probably not, but to me, that money line percentage, you got to remember in basketball, the vast majority of your bets are going to be on the spread, not the money line. So that to me is more of kind of just a pizza money flyer bet uh, plus 900 in terms of that spread percentage. I would say, though, uh, I believe Jalen Brown is out for this game here. Celtics do have some injuries. Again, doesn't make me want to bet the money line there on the Pistons, but we did see the line tick down a little bit. At one point, this was minus 19, minus 18 Celtics. Now it's down to 17 and a half. So could you be intrigued by the spread and the points? I'd rather take the points than take a long shot winner despite that huge plus 900 payout. Yeah, I would agree with you there. The likelihood of this happening in Boston, probably not going to be that strong there. But then again, Detroit doesn't perform well when other good players are out like against the Utah Jazz. So uh, let's go to the college game tonight between Arizona and Oklahoma here, Josh. This number is favoring Arizona at two and a half. Wildcats are playing great football coming into the bowl. They've won six in a row. Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel transfers to Oregon. Which side do you like in this matchup? Yeah, Maul, I like Arizona in this Valero Alamo Bowl. I think there's a couple reasons to like the Wildcats in this spot. Number one, I always start with the line movement, the percentages. Give me the meat and potatoes of the game overall from a betting perspective and what the odds makers are taking in. So we open a lot of these books, Arizona as low as minus two. Arizona throughout the, you know, the month here, they've gotten up as high as minus four. They bottomed out, and I think this has just been such crazy line movement back and forth. I think the odds makers have a tough time making adjustments based upon opt-outs and not knowing who's going to play or not. But at one point, it got back down to Arizona minus two. Now it's back up to Arizona minus two and a half. Some books are juiced up like it may go to three. So really seeing this liability movement throughout pretty much since this line opened toward Arizona. Uh, Arizona has a great bet split in this one. That's what I like a lot about the Wildcats. They're only getting 52% of bets, but 75% of the money. So basically the public split, they see two good teams, two ranked teams, short number here. Uh, you might as well, hey, just you know, cross your fingers and take the dog. But 75% of the money is going with Arizona. So that's a really good low bets, higher dollar bet split. Also, if you look at you know the variables here that you got to consider during this bowl game season, opt-outs, transfers, coaching changes. If you look at Arizona, they're pretty much full strength, ready to go. Uh, really no opt-outs, no transfers, full coaching staff. You look at Oklahoma, a ton of issues here. Dylan Gabriel opted out, their star lefty quarterback. He's going to Oregon. Then you have a ton of uh, running back, uh, Walker, as well as a guard, a defensive back. You also have a cornerback, and then you also have your offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, who left Oklahoma, is going to coach Mississippi State. So to me, this is a bet not only from a data perspective, but an opt-out perspective. And then also, I'm looking at kind of just the, the program, what this means to Arizona today, guys, because Arizona, you go back a couple of years, they were 1-11. Uh, Fish takes over. They improved to 5-7. and seven. 
Now they're nine and three. They're on the rise. I think this game means a lot to Arizona to continue that momentum, build their program. And Jed Fish, who's taken over uh, in terms of recruiting and, and capping off a really good season with a win, that's meaningful to Arizona. You look at Oklahoma, they're not really used to being in a December 28th bowl game. They want to be in a college football playoff game. So with a lot of transfers, opt-outs, that's a bet against for me against Oklahoma and for the Wildcats. Also, system match, guys, two ranked teams playing in a bowl game, take the favorite. Very simple here. But since 2017, the favorite in that situation is 32-26 and 26 against the spread, 55%. And maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I bet on this team, and I think, Amal, you may have too, throughout the year, they've done really well against good competition. They won their last six games, and they beat ranked opponents, Utah, UCLA, Oregon State, Washington State. I'm on a money line play here on uh, Arizona around minus 140. Yeah, Patrick, Josh brings up a great point. I don't know if there's a team outside of Washington and maybe Oregon because they were playing well in the Pac-12 that was playing better football down the stretch. Just what Jedfish was able to do after Jaden Delora goes down and get this team turned around, I mean, it's really been a remarkable job. Yeah, he's, it's been awesome. Uh, I'm totally with you guys. Hey, Josh, we kind of got cut. We just got a minute and a half here when you were given your Jets-Browns breakdown. So let's go out with that. And which side are you on there? Yeah, I was going to say, Patrick, the early move was all toward the Browns, minus five and a half to seven and a half. But now it's getting really juiced up on the Jets side, plus seven and a half, minus 120, looking like it's getting down to seven. So I'd uh, kind of lean on holding my nose and taking the Jets plus the points. Or I think there's a great teaser play. If you're still at seven and a half, you take the Cleveland Browns down to minus one and a half. And you also take the total and tease it up a little bit. This has been a really sharp under. It opened around 35. The public says that's way too low. You know, both teams scored 30-plus points their last game, feeling like it's going to go way over and the total's too low this time. But nearly 70% of bets are on the over, yet it's fallen 35 down to 34. One big reason for that, windy under. It's going to be some uh, some weather here at the Dog Pound. Mid-30s, kind of cold, cloudy skies as well as 10 to 15 mile per hour winds. When the wind blows 10 miles per hour or more, it's a system we've leaned on quite a bit. Patrick, you and I during our Lombardi line days, those windy unders are 65% since 2021. So if you can take the Browns down to one and a half, you can take that total up ideally to 40, uh, 40 and a half. That's one place to look. And then also guys, David Njoku. I'm big on Njoku tonight. Uh, over 49 and a half receiving yards this morning. Dustin, I know you're on it. It's up to 52 and a half. A lot of game. Let's go, teams. Josh. He's been targeted a ton by Flacco. Go Njoku. Happy holidays, boys. Happy holidays to you. Great job, Josh. VSIN betting analyst, host, Market Insights, Morning Bets Pod over at VSIN.com. When we come back, NC State, K State, bowl game next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, check out the betting splits. They're free money and bets for every game over at vcin.com slash splits. Updated every five minutes straight from DraftKings. Today's games and future events as well. The betting splits, an important part of your arsenal over at vcin.com slash splits. Okay, we're going to be joining them all. Shaw, Dustin, Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Greg McElroy, Alabama, great ESPN college football analyst. Of course, former Jets quarterback at Greg McElroy on Twitter. You can also hear his show, Mac and Q. 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on Jocks 94.5 in Birmingham. Of course, Greg McElroy going to be on the call of the Sugar Bowl, Washington, Texas. So we say hi to Greg and happy holidays. Thanks for joining. You know, right before you came on, and we'll get to the Final Four, right before you came on, we were talking about the Arizona-Oklahoma matchup tonight. And what a hell of a job Jed Fish has done. They won six straight to close it out. Nine wins there in Arizona for Fish. That is a tremendous turnaround, Greg. Outrageous. I mean, and I remember watching them early in the year. They were playing against Mississippi State, and I was like, dang, these guys got some dudes. Like, you know, I mean, you know, you just kind of watch some teams. You're like, shoot, man, like, they're better than I thought. And they lost that game. But I remember thinking at the time, like, man, I'm going to kind of keep an eye on them. And just, you know, I'm thinking maybe they get the bowl eligible. And, and let's be real, maybe we throw a couple bones on them. Uh, you know, at that point, because, um, you know, you try to find those, those diamonds in the rough, like UNLV at Arizona this year that, that make you very wealthy. Um, so you try to find some of those teams in September and I kind of locked onto them early and I've been even more surprised, uh, with how they've played. I mean, the Washington state game was really the breakout game when they just completely locked down at that time, a ranked Washington state team, and they just got better and better and better. And, 
the quarterback play once they made the switch to Noah Fafita was remarkable. So, yeah, they're, they, they're going to do a really good job of defending Oklahoma. Like, they do a really – now Oklahoma's got a new OC, and, and they're not going to be running the, some of the same stuff that they had before in the future, but they're going to stick with what they've done up to this point. But it's like a drop eight, rush three type of unit where they don't give up big plays. So Oklahoma's got to be really patient running the football, and uh, their true freshman quarterback that's making his first career start, everyone's excited to see how Jackson Arnold plays, but uh, that'll be a tough task. I mean, they're really physical up front and really big up front, and, and they try to keep everything in front of them defensively. Greg, outside of the two playoff games, are there any other games that intrigue you from a matchup standpoint or one where you think, hey, I think this team's got a decided advantage against their opponent? Yeah, you know, there's. Well, first of all, I always love, it, love dogs uh, in the ball games. Um, not really the playoff games because yeah. that's, that's a little different. Um, I've always kind of just thought you just play a, a, a unit on every dog money line and you're probably going to be sitting in a pretty good spot. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, um, every single digit dog last Saturday won outright, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, I believe they were six and zero last week and the line flipped on James Madison air force. So depending on what time you got it though, I mean, at that point, though, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, so you look at just how, how you kind of approach these games and you approach these matchups. I mean, there's a lot of matchups that fascinate me, fascinate me, like in particular, Tennessee and Iowa. I mean, you could not find two teams that are more different. Um, they're literally polar opposites. I mean, Iowa averages 59 offensive snaps a game. That's among the lowest in college football. Tennessee snaps it every 21 seconds. Um, so I, I think that one's really fascinating. Uh, I, I think that the Wisconsin LSU also very, very different. I mean, every game that LSU played this year, I think they were nine out of 12 on the over. Uh, meanwhile, Wisconsin was nine out of 12 on the under. So just the style there in Wisconsin's eight and one in their last nine bowl games. So there's just a real big difference with how those two teams play. Um, so those two are probably a couple that jump out to me as just being stark contrast. And obviously if Tennessee can score at all, they have a real good chance of winning. And, and frankly, if LSU can score at all, they have a real good chance of winning. But the one thing I would caution all your listeners on, don't overreact to the quarterback not playing. Um, for instance, last night, USC, heavy dog, they end up winning the game outright with Miller Moss, who makes his first college start. I mean, these guys have had 15 days, 15 practices to prepare as a starting quarterback. It's no different than basically starting a new quarterback at the beginning of the season. I mean, this is basically like week one of 2024. So don't overreact to a starting quarterback being out. It's just not that big a deal. I mean, there's another example, too. When UTSA, the line dropped, I mean, they were huge, huge favorites, 12, 13 point favorites. That thing dropped all the way to like seven and a half. And if you stayed on UTSA, you were profitable. So I think the overreaction to quarterbacks being out is way, way too strong. Um, so I would fade that steam if, if you if you end up kind of looking into some of it. Love it. Great info. Greg McElroy, ESPN, Mac and Cube on Jocks 94.5 in Birmingham. Okay, let's get to it. You're going to be on the call. Sugar Bowl, of course, Washington, Texas. We'll start there. Prime time. McElroy's going to be all over it. So Texas lane four, a total of 63 and a half. If I just give you the side in total, does that feel right to you? Well, what's funny is, we played guess the line when I was on the playoff show three, four weeks ago, however long it was. And I said, and I, I was way more confident in picking. I thought Texas would be about, you know, maybe six and a half. I wasn't sure. You know, the public loves Texas. The public thinks that Washington's not good because they've won so many one score games. Like, so, and I mean, it's all, I'll just look at the line going into the Pac-12 title game. I mean, it's absurd. Uh, I mean, for them to be a nine and a half point favorite against the team they beat in a dome, when they throw it all over the yard, I mean, that was to me free money. Uh, I think for a lot of folks that then watched Washington closely this year. Um, so, I, you know, I think the total may, I knew the total was going to be right there around low sixties. Like I thought 63 and a half felt right. Um, I actually, when I was on the air, I said 64, uh, I might even said 60, whatever it was. I said right around there. So I knew I felt good about where that thing would probably end up. Both teams probably going to get to 30s in that vicinity. Um, you know, both teams been challenged at times defensively with what they have in the back end. So that one made sense. The the side, though, is a lot harder to me. I, I think Washington's really good. 
And I'm not sure why the power ratings are what they are with the Huskies, but man, they just find a way to get it done all the time. So I was really curious to see how they kind of pinpoint it. Um, but knowing just how good Texas has been, especially in the last couple games, it's, it's really not surprising to see them as a healthy favorite. Uh, but at the same time, man, I, mean, I think Washington matches up really well. I think these, I think both teams, it's going to come down to the wire, man. It's going to be a heck of a game. So I'm thrilled to be on the call for it and, and think it's going to be one that uh, I think it's actually going to be quite a bit more watchable than, than the game that's on before. I think the one before is going to be a grind. Just a, you know, just a just a grind fest with probably not a crazy amount of offensive fireworks. I think it's going to be a grinded out style of game where you're looking at a game that's probably twenty one seventeen, you know, in that vicinity. And I think Texas and Washington could provide some fireworks. So if you're just a casual observer and you want to see points scored, uh, I think Texas and Washington probably be the game that's more appetizing to you. Greg, give us one thing that Michigan needs to do to win, and what's one thing Alabama needs to do to win the Rose Bowl? Well, both teams really can't turn it over. Um, that's, I think, the big thing, but neither one do. I mean, Bama's turned it over eight times this year. Um, Michigan's turned it over five times this year on offense. So, I mean, these teams don't turn it over a lot. They're really good. Um, Michigan, in particular, is like plus 17 in the turnover margin. So it's an absurd number there. They force a lot to play zone defense quite a bit. So the eyes are in the backfield. Their defensive backs are regressive and they do a really good job of getting hands on the football. So uh, that's the first thing, but for Michigan in particular, I think they have to be, they absolutely have to be good on third down. Um, it's, it's very strange with Michigan. When you look at their numbers, Michigan on third down and one to six, which they're in a lot. They average like third and 6.1. That's one of the best in the country because they don't have a lot of negative plays. They don't have a lot of penalties. They don't get behind the sticks. They don't hurt themselves. So they're in third and six or so quite a bit. The problem is they're one of the worst teams in the country on third downs and one to three and third downs from four to six. Third down four to six in particular, which is very manageable down a distance. They only convert like... 41% of the time, they're 120th. And that's to me is wild. Meanwhile, on third and seven plus, they're the number one converting offense in the country. Which <laughs> is like, should they be worse on first and second down intentionally so that they can get into a more comfortable third and down a distance? It's mind blowing. So they got to be good on third down. Uh, Bama does not have as much depth as they have in the past. They don't play as many guys as they have in the past. So if Michigan can have long, time-consuming drives, then I think fatigue could be a bit of a factor. Um, so I think third down is very, very important for Michigan. And then for Alabama, I think they have to create big plays. Uh, they've been a big play offense all season long. Jalen Milrow has been really good on downfield throws. Uh, he's 33 of 62 on throws that travel 20 or more yards downfield. There were times, I think, when the offense was almost exclusively dependent on throwing the ball down the field. Uh, that's probably the first eight games of the year. But in the last five, they've been more efficient, but they're going to have to still maintain a couple shots downfield because of the aggressiveness that Michigan's probably going to try to play with. So uh, I think Bama hit big plays. Michigan be great on third down. And then both teams need to be real mindful of turnovers. No, it's going to be a short uh, game, probably a game that's going to be low scoring. Uh, a short field could be a huge difference maker. Great information. Greg, have a great call, Sugar Bowl. We'll talk to you soon. Greg McElroy. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, a little break to tell you about Zen Nicotine Pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number one, but Zen Nicotine Pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. You can find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. As a warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So we wrap up the Thursday night schedule tonight in Cleveland, which is apropos because Cleveland can wrap up a playoff spot tonight with a win over the Jets. Cleveland right now is laying seven, seven and a half, depending on the book you're looking at to discuss that and more live from the stadium. We're going to talk to the Athletics Brown beat writer, Zach Jackson at Akron Jackson on Twitter. And as we say hi to Zach, plenty to talk about when it comes to the Browns. I guess we have to start with Flacco fever. I didn't see it coming. Maybe you did, Zach. But tell us where Flacco is right now with that city because it's got to be nuts. It's it's nuts. Um, there's all sorts of shirts around town here with inappropriate words. Um, <laughs> they used to hate the guy, you know, for obvious reasons, and they love him. And, I mean, the most telling stat on, on tonight on where these franchises are is Flacco has 10 touchdown passes this year and the Jets have 10 touchdown passes this year. Zach, when you look at the Browns from an offensive standpoint, what is allowed with the injuries for them to still be at 10 and 5? Well, from an offensive standpoint, it's Flacco. He's opened up everything. And it's not just the deep ball that obviously, you know, helps you score in a hurry, right? It's it's being able to consistently complete one on the outside. Just Kevin Stefanski's offense is always going to have a guy or two open if you can get it through the progression. And just more consistently doing that has – has you know opened things up, and it's really validated the defense. I mean, this defense has been elite, and it hasn't been perfect. That doesn't happen in this league, right? It's it's been resilient, but just a couple of times, it's had really good efforts that maybe didn't necessarily stand out from the numbers, and that's part partly because they've had a couple outrageous ones from the numbers. But just the offense being able to score and being able to give them a little bit has been ridiculous. And the defense has been so good that over the course of the year, the Browns have run so many more plays and had so many more opportunities than the other team that eventually that's that's shown up in the final score. And I just don't know, unless the Browns put the ball on the ground tonight, I just don't know how the Jets are going to get to 10 points. Yeah, and Jim Schwartz, a brilliant defensive mind but back to Stefanski we just looked at the market and he is your right now coach of the year he is the shortest number so he's jumped over Dan Campbell I wonder what the ride has been like for Stefanski with Browns fans like this year what he's done is otherworldly but has he always been held in such high regard well he won it his first year so um you know you would think yes now it has been rocky um, and they've been up and down. You know, last year was a lost year, and I think the organization signed up for that with what they did with the quarterback trade. You know, and then this year, um, you know, they, they've been ahead of the curve, right? But it's it's been a wild ride, and then not till this three-game winning streak um, has it been validated. But when you look at Coach of the Year, you know, every other team in the league that has nine or more wins has played one quarterback, and the Browns have played four. 
So that to me is like not end of the argument, yeah. but it's pretty close. And and you know, people here when you talk about Stefanski, they want him to run the ball, they want him to play a little smarter and in in uh, you know a little more conservative in spots, especially leaning on this defense. But Flacco's been so good that their inability to run the ball hasn't hasn't mattered. Uh, they didn't have a kicker last week, and that didn't matter. They just got up 29 points, right? But they they have delivered in spots, and it has been really good coaching. It has been really good defense, which I would put number one. And then just the past game of the last three weeks has not only energized the offensive players, but I think it's just kind of put everything they did, including that defense on turbo speed as closers. Like even if the Browns do put the ball on the ground tonight, I think the Jets are going to struggle to score. They, they just are. So, you know, everybody thinks the clincher's coming tonight and for it to be at home where they've lost one game all year. And that was when they had the first awkward quarterback situation. It was way back in late September, or early October. Um, that's they've been dominant here in Cleveland. Zach, you mentioned the quick follow-up, sorry, yeah, Amal, please. if you don't mind, on Stefanski. Zach Jackson joining us on the beat there for the Athletic, the Browns, live from the stadium. He he doesn't give – Dustin was joking. He was trying to pull some sound. He doesn't give much nationally. Does he give you anything locally? Because he's pretty vanilla, no? No, in front of the mics, he turns into Belichick. And it drives me crazy because that's not him, you know? <laughs> But especially this year, he's really turned it on. Like, I just call him Captain Paranoia. Yeah, I just do. And I think he he has really done a good job of getting the guys to buy into. We're not going to look at the standings. We're not going to worry about where the next injury is coming or who this practice squad guy is playing left tackle or quarterback or wherever it may be, right? And so they've gotten to this point now where it's one at a time. And and they really escaped um, the Bears game a couple weeks ago. But honestly – you know, you could say they've been fortunate, no doubt, but very rarely has it been fluky because the defense has been that good. Um, he's he's called push the right buttons on fourth downs, and um, you know, Flacco bails them out there at the end. But they they have just kind of done little things in terms of getting the big stops and extending the drives at the right times um, to win these games. I mean, they've beaten the 49ers and the Ravens, so. Um, you know, I don't know that they can win the Super Bowl, but I don't know who wants to play them in the second week of January. I can tell you that. Zach, you mentioned the defensive side of the ball. They have some high-priced, high-performing talent in Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. But talk to me specifically about Martin Emerson. I don't know if that's a name a lot of people are probably familiar with, but he's had a heck of a season for the Browns in that secondary. No doubt. Pro Bowl type season. Second-year guy. Still really raw. Uh, I mean, he's had a couple rough games, too. But, man, he's long, he's he's athletic, and in a man-to-man coverage, which Schwartz loves to play and gets away with with this pass rush, you know, he's done a really good job. And, um, yeah, that is a name that people will know. I don't know that he'll go to the Pro Bowl. I don't know that anybody watches the Pro Bowl. There is a real Pro Bowl anymore. But that's a name to know. And, you know, Denzel Ward has played, has played through injury. He's missed some games. But they – a big reason they've gotten away with being able to limit Denzel as he's kind of worked his way back towards full health is that Emerson and Newsom were out there. I mean, it's the best corner trio in the league. And I think that kind of started to emerge last year, but the defense as a whole couldn't get on the same page. And this year they've brought the house and those corners have bailed them out time and time again. Okay, Zach, let's walk through how you think this plays out tonight. Again, the Browns can clinch with a win. It is seven, so the Browns are laying seven in a total of 34. Kind of walk us through the rhythm of this game tonight. Yeah, you know, we're not going to have any weather. It rained here all day, but it's supposed to be away. Now, there's always wind in that stadium, and it was to the point last game that it affected the decision-making on which side to go and Stefanski not taking the ball. So um, the Browns are, you know, the Jets are not going to, be the Texans and let Amari Cooper run right by them. They're going to try to get after Flacco. They're going to try to make him move. Um, I think it's kind of a body blow game. Not not afraid to punt. Um, you know, Browns up maybe 10-3 midway through the second quarter, something like that. Eventually, the Browns get a couple turnovers and pull away. I mean, like I said, the only way this isn't like 20-6 to or something like that is if the Browns put it on the ground multiple times or if they just can't score. But Man, the, the vertical pass game has just changed everything for this offense because they were, they couldn't get a rhythm. They were changing quarterbacks. You know, they couldn't get a rhythm. They they were struggling to run the ball, struggling to hit the easy one to the outside. And now that they're able to do that, everything is coming a little bit easier. Zach, before the season started, if I told you they're going to win 12 games without Deshaun Watson, you would have probably thought I was crazy. But where did you see them in a healthy scenario and where they are now? How much of a night and day differential has it been for you? Yeah, you know, I thought they were a playoff team. I thought they needed to be. And, you know, frankly, 
I was more worried about the chemistry aspect of it and the overcoming adversity aspect of it. It's always a long season. You don't usually have to play four quarterbacks and lose your top three tackles, right? But the Browns of the last couple of years have, have been hurt by immaturity and just stupid stuff giving away games. And this team has been different. So I knew it was a talented team. Um, I didn't think it would be a division winner team, but I knew this defense was going to be a lot better. Now, number one defense, no, I, I didn't think that, right? But I knew this defense was going to be a lot better. And, um, you know, I thought they would ride the defense with Nick Chubb. Now, they haven't had Nick Chubb since mid-September, but, um, you know, somehow they stumbled into Joe Flacco, and he's got Amari Cooper running around like he's 23 again. And David Njoku um, has really had a breakout in the second half of the year with multiple quarterbacks, but especially with Flacco. And if you give this defense a lead, they become even better. I mean, they've just been really hard to block all year long. And so you look at a Jets team with a bad offensive line and a backup QB tonight, um, you know, I think this defense feasts and the Browns eventually pull away. The Athletic, Zach Jackson live from the stadium. We needed it. Great job at Akron Jackson on Twitter. Thank you, Zach. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Good job, uh, big guy. He was very good. Lots of good information. Who's teasing it tonight? All right, boys. Come on now. Who's teasing it? Because you know people want to bring the Browns down to one. You know Ooh. they want to. I, I'm going to tell you, if there's some great teaser bets this weekend. As long as you're willing to make the tease and carry it into Sunday, uh, we come back, we can tell you about some other great plays you can pair up. I think there's some great, great bets on some favorites in the NFL this weekend. Yeah, you just know betters are looking to like, it's a, it's a lock they're going to win. I don't want to lay it. I'm getting the worst of it. I could have bet five and a half. It's up to seven, seven and a half at some shops. So start talking yourself into the tease, big guy. Uh, I get enough teases in my personal life. I don't need it in my betting life. Fair. When we return just a few minutes away from NC State, Kansas State, we've got plays on Jets, Browns tonight and more sharp money. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. 